6: Ah, the calm of the NBA February All-Star break. The highlight, the cherry on top, All-Star weekend, the All-Star game. And I was not planning on watching it, but I was like, there's not much else going on, so I'll check it out. And I watched. And it looked the equivalent of like if you practice against air, that's pretty much what happened. It was the same, same story. I guess they're saying it was a little bit better. A little bit better than previous All-Star games, which were the, the the creme de la creme of crap in recent years. Kevin Durant was the star of stars. Actually, I thought Giannis Adentacumbo was the star of stars. But Kevin Durant knocked down six money balls, and he had 31 points to lead something called Team LeBron. I don't know what that is. They came back to beat something called Team Giannis I'm old school. I like East versus West. I know. I'm a curmudgeon. I know. What's wrong with you, Maller? Why do you want East versus West? Team Giannis, Team LeBron, much cooler. Okay. I'm sure. So the one team that I don't think LeBron was playing with, the other team, they had a 20-point lead. And then the other team came back and in the second half outscored the team that was up by 20 by 27 points in the second half. And then, so that was the the difference there is the team, again, I guess we'll call them LeBron versus Giannis. That team came back and won. A plus 27-point advantage. In the second half of the All-Star game, a game which many mainstream basketball pundits are praising for the quality of play, the one team outscored the other team 96-69. to which, I, again, I, I believe, maybe I'm, I'm using some other math here, I believe that's 27 points. If one team outscores the other team by 27 points and a half, generally that's not considered good. All-star game, voila. 10, 12, whatever. Great. All right, so the Slim Reaper, named the all-star game MVP, he uh, picks up the uh, another award. He's got the big chest full of awards here from the recent play with the Golden State Warriors and all kinds of numbers. When you get a 178 to 164 score, there are going to be a lot of of gaudy stat lines. Giannis Adentakumbo had 38 points. He was 17 of 23 from the floor. He shot 74% from the floor, but his team lost, and you can't have an MVP from a losing team, even in a dopey exhibition game like the All-Star game, apparently you cannot do that. So the Slim Reaper takes home the All-Star Game MVP, and the praise all over the map, celebratory messages going around and around and around about Kevin Durant among those leading the charge with their bullhorn out, Skip Bayless. Skip Bayless, he he said uh, that Durant is the best player on the planet. Of course, you know Skip Bayless has looked at every single player on planet Earth, to determine that Durant is the top player on the planet. Uh, why, why don't we engage in that? Why don't we have some fun with that? Is Kevin Durant the best player on the planet? Uh, see, see, I look at this this way. You have to break it down. Like I've got pastrami, the lion's den, and the report card. Those three things. When I hear that Durant is the best player on the planet, I also I'll immediately want to know, well, if the All-Star game had gone the other way, and if the team led by Giannis Kumbo had won, would that not have been the statement? He no longer would have been the best player on the planet because of the outcome of a game that was played at about 30% energy? All right, but anyway, we'll tie all this together. Now, A, remember the legal definition. If you go by the legal definition, then you can say Kevin Durant is the best player on the planet. Because all that means is you are saying that Kevin Durant is as good as all the rest of the players who play professional basketball. In other words, he's no different than a pastrami sandwich. Every town I've been into, there's 478 restaurants in the United States that have the moniker World's Best Pastrami Sandwich. Now, they all serve different pastrami sandwiches, so Kevin Durant is the world's best NBA player by that definition because best merely means as good as. As everything else in that category, so therefore, by that definition, Durant, you can say, is the best. Now, part B of this, Kevin Durant also, we know, is the most insecure player in basketball. In all of sports, he's got the rabbit ears, uh, he's considering, although it hasn't been decided yet, walking away from utopia, basketball nirvana, the Golden State Warriors, Every year, you win, you win, pile it up, right? Pile it up the wins. And the scuttlebutt is, oh, he's gone. That even though he's playing for the Harlem Globetrotters, essentially, the Golden State Warriors, that that is not enough. He's going to give all of that up. Now, personally, it would be good for our show. It would be really good for our show if Kevin Durant were to leave the Warriors because the, the NBA does not sell basketball. They sell drama. That's what the NBA sells, the melodrama, the Shakespearean play that is off the court as much as it is on the court, and often more off the court than on the court. It's been well documented over the many, many years here that we've talked about the NBA, that it's not about the results of the game. Like, for example, the All-Star game. I, no one's going to remember this. Who, no Team LeBron, Team Giannis, what the F is that, Drek? No one's going to remember that. So you're going to remember the other stuff around... The NBA and All Star Weekend and all that. Uh, So, a couple of faceless no names winning the dunk contest and the three point contest. Congratulations! We'll forget about that. I already forgot who won. I don't know. I just know they're nobodies that won uh, those two uh, contests. But as far as the Durant leaving the Warriors, if he were to go, trying to think, what would be the in the in the top interest of our show? Like Where could Kevin Durant go where we say, well, that's really wonderful? And the obvious answer is the Knicks. Now, the, the Knicks, because it would be taking a piece of bloody red meat and tossing it into the lion's den and say, here you go, boys, have a good time. Durant, as we have chronicled, has issues dealing with social media. He gets into dust-ups with teenagers who say mean things about him on social media, uh, th- they're going to eat his lunch should Durant go to New York. It would be heavyweight versus lightweight, varsity versus freshman is what it would be. Now, he would be better off staying with the Golden State Warriors if he has to leave the Warriors and go to the the Clippers. That would be the spot to go. So, but not the Knicks, but for the show, it would be good if he went to the to the now, the last word on this, in terms of the NBA All-Star Game quality, because all about the quality. That's what it's all about. Uh, so, A lot of people praising the All-Star Game, you know, this is good, it's back, the All-Star Game means something again. I, I didn't see it that way. I watched a good chunk of it. I even sampled that dopey players-only thing that was on TBS my friend Sports with Coleman sent me a message. He said, hey, Barkley's on TBS. You wanna, might want to check that out. So I went over there, and I was like, I can't stand that players-only broadcast. I mean, it's just as terrible. Someone must like it. It must be for someone, but it's not not for me. It was terrible, dreadful, pain. It, it, I it was unbe- unbelievably bad. Uh, but anyway, my overall grade of the All-Star Game is report card time. If you're going to do a report card on the NBA All-Star Game 2019 I am going to give it a C plus. A C plus is my letter grade. And that means it was average, a little better than average, but mostly compared to last year. I'm being generous. See, I'm being generous, and uh, this team Giannis or whatever did what they wanted in the first half, and then the other team did what they wanted in the second half. Uh, and I I again I don't like this setup. I don't like the dopey setup. It was played at a speed which was not enjoyable when the coach has to beg, when one of the coaches, or actually both of them, have to beg to play some defense occasionally, it is a problem. It is a layup line is what it is, but it, what, these guys weren't even shooting layups. They're like, "All right, was, we'll do a dunk contest, we'll do an, an and one dunk contest, and we'll mix in you take a three-pointer, you take a three-pointer, you take a three-pointer, you take a three-pointer." Go on and on and on. There you go. Again, I, I understand. It's not for me. Uh, but I'm, I'm being fair. I gave it a C+. Plus. It's not for me. Yeah. I don't, listen, and, and another point here, and I don't want to get carried away on my my soapbox here, but this this happens every All-Star game. They make a big deal. The NBA loves to tell you how great they are at charity. Drives me nuts drives me nuts. I don't care about the charity the NBA is trying to shove down your throat, my throat, and the person next to you's throat. Uh, I don't have a problem with humanitarian work. It is my belief, and I've said this about J.J. Watt. We've gone down the list of these athletes that, look at me. I'm doing charity. I'm a better person than you. Uh, I have the same reaction Across the board, whether it's the NBA, J.J. Watt, or any of these other turds that do this stuff, it is my belief that the value of a charitable donation is reduced if you solicit praise. If you then ask for praise, then you are part of the problem. right? Real generosity is doing something that apparently the NBA does for someone else, but not publicizing it. And if you do it to get attention, that makes it worse. Generosity is doing something nice for someone who will never find out. Why must everyone know about it? Why? Because the NBA is like, hey, look at us—we're better people than you. We're better people than you. We're gonna come to your town. Look at this—we uh, got a parade, we got a truck, got some lumber from Home Depot. Look at us—we're good. You're not. All right, is the Ben Maller show on Fox? If you would like to be part, you can join. The festivities here, we'll uh, take some phone calls. It is President's Day, and I I am here. I never served as president, so I felt like, why should I take President's Day off? Uh, I have run several times, but I have not won as president. I'm part of the—what what party is Doc Mike? Is it the health party? Yeah, my guy Doc Mike in Chicago. I think I've been part of three or four presidential elections now over the years. I think it's four presidential elections with Doc Mike in Chicago. He's got these big posters, and he sends me one every uh, election. And, and uh, Yeah, for, for some reason. But uh, but I never served as president, so I thought, well, I, I shouldn't really take President's Day off because it's like, for presidents. Like, I think only the president should take President's Day off. The living presidents, like Obama, who's not really working. And he, he didn't have to work because he's former president. Jimmy Carter's still around. Clinton. They can all enjoy themselves. And not do anything because it's, you know, it's their day. But everyone else uh, celebrate. And uh, I, you do know my favorite president, William Howard Taft. The greatest president of them all, William Howard Taft. All right, we'll take your calls. If you would like to be part, Eddie's not here, of course, because he's corporate Eddie. Anytime there's a, a holiday, uh, Garcia is at the front of the line. Uh, give me time off. Uh, I do not like my job. You can always tell people that don't like their job when they take a lot of time off from their job. That's always been my belief. If you were like the first, I don't want to work. Any chance I get to get out of work, that is a sign one does not like their job. Anyway, 877-99 on Fox if you'd like to be part, 877 996 What up, Big Ben? Oh, there's Roberto. Look at that. Roberto chiming. I Hello, tried, I Roberto. I tried watching
7: that Oscar game. That thing is You garbage, didn't watch
6: it? Man. What were you watching instead? Were you watching reruns of The Office on Netflix? No, you... I, was,
7: I was just spending time with my daughter and Mike Godson. Really? Yeah, and then I tried to watch the last two minutes. I fell asleep. You did? Yeah. It's did you not get
6: enough sleep on Saturday night the Sunday?
7: Uh not really, because I was here on yesterday. So.
6: Oh.
4: All
7: right. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. Uh it's okay. Not your fault. Yeah. See the place
6: is falling apart. But oh the way. yeah, that fell. That fell apart yesterday when. Uh, oh, it was while well, you uh, were you here? Yeah, or? I was here when that fell, fell down. yes. And it was somebody playing with it when it fell down. Because what just, happened? Well, see if you fell. notice. See if you notice something that's missing here, Coop. What do you think's yeah, missing? What's missing there, Coop? See if Coop can figure out the, what's missing from the wall. Here. Oh, yeah! Wow! It just random. You think like some kind of poltergeist caught in the studio and just knocked the just big giant fox just sign just down? Fell down well, dude. That, that
4: is the area of the studio where we have seen uh, paranormal activity before. Like right on this wall, there's this well, and, wall and that, here, and that light. That yeah,
6: the that light, light flickers. Flick, the light does flicker. So this this giant massive sign, <laughs> sign which has been up for a while is now it has fallen down and it, and the sign the wall is naked. So now
4: we're just a radio studio.
6: Now line 1 is still broken. Is it re- and it has not been fixed. It has been broken since before the Super Bowl. There has been no effort to fix line 1. Will anyone try to fix this? What's the over... I think they will uh, because yeah. some of these dopey shows try to put their shows on the internet and, they always want to take pictures and video, then. and so they need this sign. So I think they will expedite fixing this sign. The actual electrical equipment we use to broadcast, the line one, will not be fixed. When we come
7: in Tuesday night to Wednesday morning, that will be fixed. Yeah.
6: But it will, tomorrow it will be... Like today, it will obviously be fixed because it's holiday. So I say at least two days. How about that? Yeah. At least... Unless somebody goes and gets some... I don't know what they – glue or strips or something like that. I don't know what they put this up with. I have no Well, idea. if some of the
7: TV guys are not here, then – because I know you know people take time off during this time, then maybe, you never know. It might not get fixed till Well, we true.
6: could actually – This is a, we can just do some
7: amazing photographs with the
6: giant sign. If, I can, if I'm strong enough to lift the giant sign, we could make some amazing photographs with
7: it. I believe Harmon took a picture with it yesterday, and he was holding it. He did? Yeah. Okay. Well, who listens to this show? Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever.
6: So over the weekend, now our watch ends at Friday 6 o'clock in the morning in the East, we're done. That's it. We go away for a couple of days, and then we come back, and then here we are over the weekend. And Friday afternoon, there was an announcement that came down, a joint announcement between the seedy, dirty lawyers of Colin Kaepernick and the National Football League. Uh, also, Eric Reed as well as well involved in this. The collusion grievance, which had been going on for quite a while, uh, had been resolved. Big announcement there. We were not on the radio to react to it. A number of people reached out over the weekend and said, "You better talk about this. Don't avoid this. Don't hide from this." Uh, and we will not. We are not hiding from this. We will absolutely address this right now together here on the radio. It's our first opportunity to talk about it uh, now. The agreement, this is where it gets really good here, because both sides are said to be bound by a confidentiality agreement, but yet I have read several deep pieces over the weekend, think pieces that indicate they know exactly what was in the agreement, clearly proving that somebody has violated, if you believe that, the confidentiality agreement. So what is actually known on the record is not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. A lot of information being regurgitated and spread around attempting to muddy the waters. Some of it to make the NFL look good. Some of it to make Colin Kaepernick and his cronies look good. So let's discuss here the settlement, the toss-up question. After a story that has gone on since, what, 2016, and here we are in 2019, In February of 2019, the toss-up question, who ends up looking worse in the end? Is it Colin Kaepernick or the NFL? Who ends up looking worse? And after careful research, the only right answer here is Colin Kaepernick. He looks terrible uh, in this. You've got Magic, Stormy, and the Quagmire, and we will lock all of this together. Now, number one... uh, this is the exception to the rule. Now, I've been very clear over the years here that 99% of the time when someone settles a lawsuit, uh, they end up on the uh, the worst side of it, right? That's I've been very clear. This would be the 1% where the party that you say would normally be the losing party uh, is not the losing party, and I'll tell you why here. I'll be very clear about this. Colin Kaepernick, and I've heard all of these stories over the years, his disciples, because he doesn't talk a lot. I guess he's camera shy or whatever. But a lot of his disciples there, and they had been selling what turned out to be a false narrative. And the fact that there's a settlement proves that that all this activity has been going on for years around Colin Kaepernick were bunch of phonies, right? I mean, we were told that Kaepernick what he wanted to do here was clean up this great injustice, this morally bankrupt and corrupt National Football League. And he was going to do it through proving collusion. He was going to clean up the National Football League. How many times over the last several years had somebody representing his cause said it's not about the money. It's not about the money. Heard that over and over again. It's about exposing the NFL and the oppression that the NFL's behind so it never happens again to other players. That's what this is all about fighting, uh, Martin Luther King, fighting for the good. Fighting for the good, right? We heard about Colin Kaepernick over and over. But in the end, Colin Kaepernick turned out, you know what? It is about the money, and I'm going to show you my true colors. Now, I learned this years ago. I've told you about a book that I read. They made a movie of it. The movie was terrible. Do not watch the movie. And I I usually would rather watch the movie than read the book, but the book – the Magic Christian, which is not a religious book, but it's just about a rich, really rich person that knew whatever your morality, whatever your moral compass was, if the check was big enough, you would take the check and you would do things you would no, never in your wildest dreams imagine. but you need the money, right? Everyone's got a price. And it's, it's an interesting tale. And uh, and I look at this story, and I say, well, there you go. There's another example. I learned that in that book, and here we are, and here's another classic example. The NFL wrote a check. I don't even know how big the check is. And Kaepernick took the check, said, thank you very much, and now he looks like a gigantic fool, right? It's not some hero here. He got paid to keep his mouth shut. Whatever that is, whatever that amount is, Kaepernick got paid. Now I would assume that he's run up tremendous legal bills. I'm pretty confident that his attorney does not work pro bono here. So I'm I'm thinking that some money that has to go out there to pay for the defense fund or the litigation fund here for Colin Kaepernick. So I guess he can pay that off now. Uh I don't know how much the, the price of the Garagos firm is, but it's not it's not cheap. And and so now what happens? Well, now you know, that's a that's an open ended question here, but I just get a kick when I go back and look at those Nike commercials that came out a few months ago in the Nike ad campaign. A you know, man of principle, believe in something. That was the the slogan, right? Until you settle out of court, have to keep your mouth shut about the great oppression of the NFL, which proves that integrity does have a price tag, whatever the NFL chose to pay. Now, does Colin Kaepernick still get to play the martyr though? I don't understand. Like he had been playing the martyr, but if you settled and didn't continue the fight, do you still get to be the martyr? Does he still get to wear that title, Colin Kaepernick, even though he agreed to a confidentiality agreement? Now, the second thing here. As for the handle, uh, the handful of of people that and you know who you are, uh, who have reached out to me. And have said, hey, this proves that Colin Kaepernick had the smoking gun. You were wrong, Ben. You've been saying for many, many months that there was no smoking gun. This is concrete proof there was a smoking gun. Uh, okay. Is that really? Okay. Someone uh, told me that that Colin Kaepernick, the story that the Kaepernick camp is trying to spread is that he got up to $80 million. And I responded uh, to several of these people, not to everybody, but several of people. I said, well, how do you know that? I said, it's total hearsay uh, unless Colin Kaepernick and his people have already pulled a Stormy Daniels and violated the confidentiality agreement, which I would assume there's some language in there that means uh, whatever was paid out, if the deal is violated, then you have to pay the money back. Uh, So I would say that you don't know, and I don't know. That's the great thing about a sealed non-disclosure agreement. While I do think that 99% of the time, if you agree to a, a, a situation like this, you're on the, the losing side of things, that is the fact, when you have an, a non-disclosure agreement, everyone can claim victory, right? I can sit here and tell you that the NFL paid Colin Kaepernick $1, my sources say Kaepernick got $1, that's it, and he is lying about getting $80 million. And you have no way of disproving that. You cannot refute that because you have no proof just like I have no proof, right? Now, was there a smoking gun? I don't believe there was a smoking gun. Now, why would why do I say I'm going to, again, go back to what I've been saying all the way along. Mark Garagos, the big mouth lawyer for Colin Kaepernick, the sleazeball lawyer, This guy would have leaked whatever bombshell he had right away to TMZ. Right away. Wouldn't have blinked. It would have already been all over the internet. The second it got into his hot little hands, he would have been all over the place. Now TMZ has been working as the mouthpiece for the Garagos firm on this, and Garagos kept promising something big, and he turns out to be the boy that cried wolf. the boy that cried wolf, he's the same guy that if you look at his clients, this is who Colin Kaepernick aligned himself with, a lawyer who has represented a domestic violence person, Chris Brown, Michael Jackson, child molestation, Scott Peterson, who murdered his pregnant wife. Uh, You can go on and on there. Those are all Garagos clients, and that's uh, also Colin Kaepernick, who he chose in this particular case. And you know that Garagos would have put this all over mass media if there had been a smoking gun. So why would the NFL settle? That's a great question. It's likely that there was something there they would have had to, during discovery, the discovery process. Imagine what Jim Ursay must have on his phone. And Jerry Jones, the kind of debauchery that these guys are living. It's not even about collusion. There's also this thing called blackmail that, let's say, uh, you know go down the list here of owners and the skeletons in their closet, which could have nothing to do with collusion because collusion would have required the NFL sending out a memo or a text message or an email or phone conversation saying, do not sign this guy. I don't think that happened at all, but that doesn't mean in discovery you can't find uh, some uh, receipts for prostitutes or cocaine in the, phone, uh, in the phone of Jerry Jones or somebody else who uh, works for the NFL, some damning evidence, uh, certainly there. Now, typically, there are four separate outcomes in a settlement. Right? Sometimes people, occasionally, will settle by paying more than they want to make a case go away, get closure. So it's possible the NFL said, "You know what? We're going to pay you more than we want, but we just want to end this right now." Uh, sometimes groups of people say, "You know what we're going to do? We're going to we're going to settle here. We're going to you know, take what we can get." And if the Kaepernick side because we're going to take what we can get because we, don't, we might not get nothing. We, we don't have a smoking gun, so we'll settle here. And from time to time, people get confidentiality agreements. So others don't know how much they got paid uh, to get out of a case. And now and again, people get confidentiality agreements so to not let other people know how little they got paid out of a case, right? So if it's confidentiality agreement and uh, Garagos, can leak to his friends in the media that Kaepernick got $80 million. It's possible he got nowhere near $80 million. It's Possibly he got $1. If that, legal fees paid for, maybe. I right, now the final point on this, the NFL has also opened Pandora's box is what they've done here. The fact that they settled with no smoking gun what they've done now is they potentially opened the floodgates here because the NFL can operate as an ATM machine. This is a very bad precedent for the NFL that they chose to go down this path because it leaves the NFL vulnerable. They are now exposed to future attempts at extortion. Right, That's the quagmire the NFL finds themselves in because, hey, listen, you, you don't necessarily have to find you can sue the NFL. You don't have to find the crime you're looking for. You can find other evidence of an embarrassing nature if you go to litigation against the NFL when you look through phone records and personal information of these owners. And you can end up getting a bunch of petty cash and the owners will fork it over. It's a blueprint to get straight cash, homie, from the NFL. So that's that's where we are. And uh, the the NFL ends up, as far as the confidentiality agreement and writing a check, whatever that check was, is open for debate here. But Kaepernick could not look worse in this; could not look worse in this to take a confidentiality agreement. When he said it, the people around him said it's not about the money; it's about proving the oppression of the NFL. But in the end, he turned. You know, he's like, "I'll be quiet." Uh, I'm going to be quiet. Just write a little check. I'll be good. All right. It's the Ben Maller Show on Fox. We'll take your calls. If you would like to be part, the number is 877-99 on Fox, 877-996-6369. To the phones we go, and let's say hello to Weed Man Hippie, who's in Miami, and he's next on Fox Sports Radio. Hello, Weed Man Hippie.
9: Ben, I love you. I should sue Hollywood for me not having a show. It's collusion.
6: I think you should sue the NFL for not being in the NFL. You've seen the Dolphins. They suck. You should be playing for the Dolphins.
9: Ben, I... The example. I'm preaching love You're yelling. and harmony, You're and, and the end to racism, and everybody's happy. I'm the one out here screaming. You're yelling.
6: Trying not to scream. you am Trying not to scream. You're just yelling, though. You were just yelling. I'm
9: okay. Okay, I'm trying
6: not to scream. That's been
9: made very clear to me. Yeah. Okay, is this better?
6: Use your inside voice, but you don't have an inside voice. You have one voice, well. Well, okay, 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 okay. Because okay. I, I get very excited. We're in this magic radio box
9: space, Then I show up. I show up. And I'm trying every night to inspire yeah. happiness in people's best lives. I should sue Oprah. I should sue ABC. I should sue <laughs> everybody in Hollywood. I, where's Rupert Murdoch? I need Rupert well, Murdoch. Well, not him.
6: Leave him out of this. But the other people you can absolutely sue, you leave Fox him out of this. Fox TV. No, I no. They did nothing, ben, they did ben, nothing wrong. Ben. How dare you? We,
9: listen, forget this salary thing. Do we me. Benny and the Weed Man podcast, where we make all the money sponsored by the biggest weed com- companies, and weed. I spit my tooth out. Oh my God, I'm so old. <laughs>
6: did he just say, I spit my tooth out? Yes, he did. Do you have false teeth? I, I think that would be an indication that he does have false teeth, that if he spit his. T- Let me go back. Hold on. Weedman, Man, you said you just spit your tooth out, Weed Man? Yes, it's a parcel, and I don't know. It's a
9: little loose, and I thought, Ben, I need help. I'm old, and I'm broken down, and I'm a movie star.
7: <laughs> and, and you've
6: come to the right place, Overnight Radio. That's, we have all the answers, right?
7: Clearly. All right. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific.
6: It's Maller. How about that? To the third degree. In.
7: This is when Big Ben gets grilled. All right, let's do it. Here we go.
4: After Ray Allen stole the show in the All-Star Celebrity game, Bleacher Report sent out a tweet suggesting someone should sign him to a 10-day contract. A Rockets GM, Daryl Morey, replied and said, We are in if he is in. Ben, could 43-year-old Ray Allen actually help the Rockets? Yeah, no no way.
6: Uh, Daryl Morey spoke too soon. The NBA is a young man's game there's nowhere to hide in basketball. They don't have a designated shooter. Allen could shoot, can't play defense. He's a huge liability. And also, did you see Ray Allen, that little three-point to do with Del Curry, Mark Price, and and big Glenn Rice there? That was. I think he was 0 for 5. Uh, no,
4: he's not coming back. Next. Earlier this past week, Adam Wainwright said that he thinks that uh, Major League Baseball players may strike and he fears that they could even walk out mid-season. Yeah. What do you think the odds are of that happening?
6: Uh, it's not zero, but it's less than 10%. I'll say it's 5%. The players need a reality check. You want both sides to lose on this. Uh, the players are just upset cuz they're not handing out, you know, 20-year contracts, it doesn't seem like it in
4: baseball. Just shut up. I, I, I'm going to go 5% on this. Next. Trent Richardson has been the talk of the AAF so far. He scored two TDs in week one, had the game-winning score in week two. If he keeps it up, do you think he'll be in training camp next year? All
6: evening? right. no. So he, there's no way. He's averaging 2.3 yards per carry in, in, a, in the minor leagues of football. There's no way he ends up in an NFL camp. I'm going to zero on that. How do we do? I won the game.
7: I won the buzzer. That's a win for me. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, you sports figure guy or girl. Who the hell are you talking to, son? Here's some instant advice.
5: Hold that thought. No one's paid attention to me for 10 whole seconds.
7: And if you don't like it, screw you.
5: And away we go. It's the
6: Insta-Advice Line. No holiday is going to slow us down. No, 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 no. This is where we give back. Why don't we spice it up tonight? It's the Insta-Advice Line. Unscreen radio. This is where we give back to the important people in sports, the coaches, the players, the teams, the sports leagues themselves. We had several great suggestions. Now, I could have done the standard help the NBA All-Star game, but no, 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 no. Let me do something a little different here. The Daytona 500 took place over the weekend. It was on Fox. Did you watch the Daytona 500? Well, lately nobody's been watching. The ratings have been in a free fall since 2016 for the NASCAR circuit. They're doing everything they can to try to get people that aren't Southerners to watch. The attendance is down. The ratings are down. The trend has been that way for several years. So what can NASCAR do to get you to watch again? What is it going to take for you to watch a NASCAR race? Because at one point, this was the boom hip sport. It went mainstream, but now it's falling back to its roots of below the Mason-Dixon line and in the south and Tobacco Road, and that's about it. So what can NASCAR do to get the casual observer to watch as we head into a NASCAR season? One weekend in now, the Daytona 500 in the books. 877-99 on Fox is the number. Again, instant advice line in honor of the Daytona 500. What can NASCAR do to get its fans back you're live on the air when you hear my voice. Hello, line one. You are on the air. It's actually line two. I'm lying. It's line two, but I say it's line one. Hello, you're on the air. Go. I want to see more deaths. All right. Thank you. So Li- that in your well, that's an your honest pocket. answer. Yeah. Uh, you are next. Advice to NASCAR mm-hmm. to get more people to watch.
7: Just run it in Foxborough, Massachusetts, where they have fraudulent title after oh, fraudulent it. title after you, fraudulent you don't, title. You
6: dope. You main loser. Let's go to you. You're next. Advice. To NASCAR to get fans back the way it was years ago. Hello, Line Four. That's you.
9: I hired Colin Kaepernick as your PR guy.
6: Yes, he's a great PR guy. Line Five, you're on the air. Go. It's militia, not
7: Malaysia, Marcel. Get it right next time.
6: <laughs> Marcel was very busy. I saw him calling a country music show in Nashville over the weekend. Marcel in Brooklyn. I'm it,
7: 24.
6: Yeah, you're a very young guy.
9: Let, let me see. I'm 25.
6: <laughs> yeah, In the span of a second, he aged an entire year. Line six, you are next. It's the instant advice line for NASCAR. How can they get you back as a fan, line six? They need, more, they need more big-breasted strippers. Okay, more big-breasted strippers. I think every sport needs that, according to Cowboy also. Hey,
7: where are the white women at?
6: Montana, line two. Hello, line two. Yeah, they need to get weed from their Cuban neighbor. Okay, thank you. Line three, you're on the air. Advice to NASCAR on getting fans back watching NASCAR. Line three.
9: Drivers need to drink beer while they're driving.
6: Drinking <laughs> drink and drive. <laughs> well, that would really be shocking. Line four, imagine the like lap 50 if that was the case. Imagine lap 20. Hello, line four. Run over some rednecks. All right, line five, you're on the air. Advice, please, to improve NASCAR to get the fans back here as we head into week two on the NASCAR circuit. Line five. Add some fire and maybe a couple right turns. All right, change it up a little bit. How about every third lap you have to go the other direction? (laughs) How about backwards? How about you have to drive in reverse? That That would be cool. Line six, you're on the air. Hello, line six. You can punt it all day. You can punt it all night. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) Line 2, you're on the air. These are (laughs) unscreened phone calls at 877-99 on Fox. We're giving some free advice, unsolicited advice to NASCAR after the Daytona 500. They have seen their ratings go down. The attendance has gone down the last few years. The trends are not great outside of the South. How can they get you back? Hello, Line 2. If you want to graduate, go to class. Don't smoke grass. Line three, you're on the air. Take that for data. Vice the... Show the boobies. Show the boobies. All right. Yes. Uh, that's... <laughs> Give the men what they want. Line four, you're on the air. Hello, line four. Right-hand turn. Right-hand turn. All right. We've had that one. Thank you. <laughs> line five, you're on the air. Hello, line five.
7: Donate to Fluffy Dave's cause.
6: All right. Stop that. How dare you? Dump that. Line six, you're on the air. Hello. They should have phone sex with Tammy and Montana (laughs) While they're driving. (laughs) Big Ben Uh, Maller. Line two, you're on the air, line two. We're giving advice to NASCAR in honor of the Daytona 500, which was this weekend. How can NASCAR get you back? Outside the south, it has not been good for NASCAR. Hello, line two.
9: Uh, Stop supporting the president. Get rid of those red maca hats and build a wall and declare national.
6: They actually have have a wall (laughs) around... (laughs) I've been to NASCAR races. There's a wall around the track. All right, line three. Hello, line three. You're on the air.
9: Run a figure-eight course.
6: A figure-eight course. Well, that would be fun. That would be neat. I'd like that, a nice figure-eight course. Line four, you're on the air. Go. A moat with alligators for the drunk rednecks. Okay, a moat. I, I want to see a moat before I die in one of these sports leagues. I've said the warning track in baseball should be a moat. I'm all for the moat in the warning track. Hello, line five.
9: Yeah, bring back that all-time winning driver, Danica Patrick.
6: Yeah, she's yeehaw. a – yeah, yeehaw. Okay, thank you for that. Line six, you're on the air. Hello. Uh, all right, line six, not paying attention. Line two, you're on the air. Go. Change it from racing to football. Yeah, there you go. let play football. Have the drivers play football. I uh, will take one more. Loop. go ahead. One more. This has actually been pretty good. Yeah. I'm shocked. All right, go ahead, Coop. Line four. Line four. Final call. Instant advice line for NASCAR. How to get your back as a fan. Line four. Hey, it's Real talk. I just do what my... All oh, right, no, I'm not. Line, line three. Have Bella drive. There you go. I see, Kuba. I, I had to take Real talk off the air. We didn't have time to dump Dumb, Real talk. <laughs> All right, We didn't have time.
0: <laughs> I'm Vyosa.